<clears throat> all right, all right, okay, okay. What is up, everybody? It's LJ Talks Facts right here. Just put the facts like always, of course. Hope you guys are enjoying your Saturday morning so far. I'm doing pretty good. This is my AEW Rampage review. And I also want to mention one thing. If you guys were listening to the Michael K show yesterday, I was actually on. I think it was like around, like after like 4 o'clock, like I asked a question to Michael K, like, you know, like his thoughts on what the Yankees should do you know, when this lockout eventually ends, we don't know when it's going to end. You know, I suggested the Yankees should trade for Matt Olson. They should also sign Carlos Correa, which really is a no-brainer with Correa. They really should, you know. Um, and I also brought up the whole thing about Aaron Judge, you know, like how they shouldn't give him the contract extension right now. They should see how he plays out here in 2022 if there is a season. There will be a season. But let's see how he plays out. Let's see if he can stay healthy and hopefully... We can give him that contract next year because he is going to be a free agent. So we'll see what happens right there. But it was my first time ever calling into the show. I was so nervous. I was on hold for like, I believe it was like 40, 45 minutes or between like 40 to 50 minutes. I was, I'll tell you, those are the most nervous minutes of my life right there. I really was like, oh my God. It was awesome though. It really was. It was awesome to get on the show right there. It's actually on YouTube right now. Somebody uh, recorded and shared it. It's got over like 3,000 views now on YouTube. My boy King MGJ recorded for me because I was out. Um, I went out for a walk and I got on the air right there. It was cool. I'm definitely going to call in a lot more in the future. You know, now that that's out of the way right there, like the whole nervous energy is kind of like out of the way right there. And I can be used to calling in. Sound a lot more confident when I was speaking right there. But it was awesome. It really was. And I met Michael Kane in real life. He's a really nice guy. I've met him twice. Very nice man, took pictures with him, just a very nice man, and it was awesome. It really was awesome. I was like, wow, I actually got through, because I called twice, and it was busy, but then I called the third time right there, and uh, the Andrew, the producer, picked up. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I just couldn't believe I got through. It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy, but it was awesome. Definitely one of the best moments in my life. I really enjoyed it. It was great. I can't wait to call in in the future. It's going to be awesome. But that, I just wanted to share that with I just to share that with you guys right there, you know. And that's what I think the Yankees really should do when the lockout ends. They should trade for Olsen. They Korea should be a no-brainer. I've seen some people say, oh, but they have, you know, two prospects in the minors, two top prospects in the minors that are shortstops like Peraza and Velope. But we don't know what they are. They could turn out to be good. I think they're both like a year away. You would have to say, they both could be good. But we know what Korea is. We know what he is. That's all I'm trying to say. You know, you, you know. I want to see Velope and Peraza succeed. But Correa, we know he can succeed. We already know that. We know who he is. You know, but again, uh, let's... Don't want to make this whole thing about uh, me being on the show yesterday and talking about the Yankees. There's a Rampage review. I just wanted to share that with you guys right there. It was an awesome moment uh, yesterday. Like I said, I'm definitely going to call in the future, so it's going to be really cool. I really enjoy being on there. I'll definitely talk about other stuff, you know, when I get on the air. You know, of course, talk about the Nets, you know, maybe try to throw in an Islanders uh, question as well, which would be really nice. But, no, it was great. So, thank you to Michael K. and Peter Rosenberg for letting me on the show. Yesterday, of course, Andrew Gunley, the producer as well, thank you for letting me on. It was awesome. Definitely a great experience, and I can't wait to call in the future a lot more. Can't wait. And listen, they had the whole NFC East right there. I know Don's a Giants fan. I believe 
I believe Michael's a Giants fan as well. We know Peter's a Commanders fan, a Washington Commanders fan. And we know Andrew's an Eagles fan. So if they ever need a Cowboys fan to complete the whole NFC East, I'm their guy. <laughs> I might tweet that at Michael K later on. Who knows? He actually did like the tweet that I posted uh, last. I posted the video clip that my boy KMGJ recorded for me, uh, me being on the show. So it was great. It was awesome. He liked the tweet as well. Just a very nice man. It was awesome. That was awesome. But now, let's get into AEW Rampage. I gotta admit, when uh, when I tuned in, I thought the show was gonna be, eh, in my opinion, but it turned out to be a good show. I was really surprised it kicked off with the TNT Championship. We had the TNT Champion Sammy Guevara versus Andrade El Idolo. So I thought this was gonna be the main event. I thought this was easily gonna be the main event, but they started off with it. It was a good match. It was a good match. You know what? Surprisingly. It actually wasn't my favorite match of the night. The main event actually was. And you would think that's crazy. How could you say that, you know, Bowens versus Cassidy was your favorite match? It just was. I didn't expect that match to be good at all. You know, you guys know how I feel about Cassidy. But I don't know. I might like him again. I don't know. I just might. But um, overall, this is a good match between Sammy and Andrade. And we know... Um, you know, this actually, I think, might be Andrade's first title shot in AEW. I believe so. I believe this is his first ever title shot right here. But him and Sammy put on a good match. You know, and I'm thinking, like, with the bigger picture right here, I think Andrade's going to take over the whole, you know, family office right here. Like, maybe he'll, like, bring in his own people, maybe cut out some of the people they already have in that group. You know, I don't know if he's going to want to keep Matt, you know, Matt Hardy's guys that are in there, like the Bunny and Private Party and Butcher and the Blade. Maybe he'll bring in his own people right there. You know, two, um, let's say 2.0. TH2 is kind of like drifted away, you know. Who really cares about them now? I thought Angelico could have been a nice star on his own, but I guess not. It's whatever. Um, he's just wasting his time with a botch machine like Jack Evans, but, um, you know, it's whatever. You know, that's what I think Andrade will do, and I think he should bring in, like, his own people if he does that. You know, like, you know, his own people, like, um, into the group. You know, get rid of, you know, people that were with Matt Hardy, bring in the new in a way. So I'm trying to say. Because we know Jeff Hardy is going to be going to AEW pretty soon. And he's already said it, he's going to be going to AEW. So he's already spoiled it. He said he is going to go to AEW. We know we're going to get a Hardy Boys run one more time. I think sometime next month we'll see Jeff Hardy come back because his 90-day no-compete clause is going to be up pretty soon. So he'll be coming in sometime around March, I would say, like late March. We know we'll see him and Matt win the tag team titles. They'll have one more great run. And listen, they've done it all in WWE, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, and now you go to AEW. They've done it all. They've absolutely done it all. I mean, arguably, they could be the best tag team of all time. That's arguably. It's debatable. Some people will say yes, some people will say no. You know, of course, you have people that say the Dudley Boys, some people could say Edge and Christian, uh, you know, DX, you know, when it was just Triple H and Shawn Michaels, and they would team up. Uh, who else? Um, some people, like the newer fans, would say the Yum Bucks, you know, same thing with FTR. But do I think the Hardy Boys are the greatest tag team of all time? I mean, you think about it, they're going to get one more run in AEW. Like I said, they've done it all. They've absolutely done it all from the Attitude Era to 2022 how could you not say they're the greatest tag team of all time still going strong so 
Whenever Jeff does come in, I'll be excited. One more run right here. Can't wait. It's going to be great. It's, it, it does help Matt Hardy, too, because Matt Hardy's running AEW started off okay, but then that whole feud with Guevara, oh, my God. That whole feud was snake-bitten right there. It ended on a good note. But ever since then, his run in AEW has just been like, eh. Like, what's really been exciting from, like, his run in AEW? Like, other than, um... Other than him wrestling Christian Cage at Fighter Fest Night 1. That was a good match. I enjoyed that match. But other than that, what has he really done? The whole family office things went on a little bit way too long, in my opinion. You know, I know it's kind of helped Private Party get on TV, which is great. Because I want to see them succeed. I want them to become tag team champions in the future. Um, that's the match I'm really looking forward to. The Hardy Boys versus Private Party. I'm looking forward to that match. That's the match I want to see. I know a lot of people could say Hardy Boys versus the Young Bucks. Well, we've seen that match before. We've never seen the Hardy Boys versus Private Party, obviously. That's the match I want to see. That's the match I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, but yeah, like I said, they've done it all. They've absolutely done it all. It's going to be great to see them in AEW. You know, I'm not sure to make this whole WWE, AEW thing, but they kind of did him dirty right there in WWE the way that, you know, they got rid of him, like with the whole drug test right there, and it came back negative. There was nothing in his system. And they tried to offer him to come back with the, you know, him going to the Hall of Fame. And he said, no, he turned it down. I still think him and Matt will be in the Hall of Fame in the future. Because, come on. You know, majority of their career have been the WWE. I mean, it's their choice to accept it or not. But I believe in the end, at the end of the day, they will, in my opinion. I think they'll just do it more for the fans, not for WWE, just in my opinion. But that was kind of dirty how they did Jeff on his way out right there with the drug test. Erratic behavior and listen I really thought that feud with him and Sheamus was very distasteful even though Jeff Hardy won that feud which is great I was happy that he won it but it was so distasteful I was like oh my god after everything this guy has been through you know you make him take a fake you know piss test on Smackdown and then you know you had him and Sheamus fighting a bar I mean that was, that was actually cool because Jeff won I was like oh my god like Jesus Christ like Keep making fun of the guy's problems. Like, oh my god, here. Like, leave the fucking guy alone. <sighs> that's just that's just how I felt about it, in my opinion. I'm happy that he won that feud. You know, but... I, I wanted to see him get one more run of the world title. That's what I wanted to see when, uh, when the Hardy Boys came back. You know, I mostly wanted to see Jeff get a world title shot and have one more run with the belt. Or even say, hey, fuck, give Matt a shot. Because Matt was never world champion in WWE. He was world champion in Impact Wrestling. But, you know, back to the match right between Sammy and Andrade. It was really enjoyable. Fucking Sammy was all beaten up on his chest. Like, Andrade was chopping the shit out of him. I know he had the eye injury, too, from the match against Darby Allen back on Dynamite a week ago. Like, Sammy takes fucking beatings. Like, this kid right here, he takes fucking beatings. Like, I know a lot of people, how they feel about the new, newer generation of wrestlers. You gotta give Sammy credit, man. This guy takes fucking beatings right here. Same, same for Darby Allen. He does the same thing. He takes beatings. You know, it's great, it's great to see right here. It really is. They just take beatings right here. He was all beat up on his chest. All beat up. They put it all on the line. It's great to see. 
And there was one spot in this match right here that kind of confused me a little bit, like when Andrade had his feet on the rope right here, trying to get like a leverage pin on Sammy Guevara. And it looked like Matt Hardy slapped Andrade Alito's foot off the rope. Because, you know, Matt Hardy's been having, quote-unquote, erratic behavior recently. So it's like, hmm, was that more erratic behavior right there? It looks like it may have been. Even though Andrade didn't turn around at all, I guess because he really didn't feel it. Because maybe he thought Matt was trying to hold his foot on the rope. Maybe he just slipped, something like that. But it's definitely more erratic behavior out of Matt Hardy. He also did rip up the turnbuckle. Matt Hardy, you know, that's not really erratic behavior. That's just trying to help Andrade cheat and win the match. Which backfired. Which backfired right there. And, um... And then fucking Sammy was going to fly on Andrade, but he couldn't do it right there. But then he wound up hitting a super kick on him. A really good super kick on Andrade. And he went to the top rope, hit the cutter on Andrade Alidolo. One, two, three. Sammy Guevara retains the TNT Championship. And after the match, we did see uh, Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy get in the ring. But then here came Darby Allen and Sting. And, and then Darby Allen took out... He took out Matt Hardy, just diving right on him. And then Sting took out Cassidy. And then Darby Allen hit Cassidy with the coffin drop. And we know it's official for Revolution. It'll be a Tornado Trios match between Matt Hardy, Andrade El Idolo, and Isaiah Cassidy versus the TNT champion Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, and Sting. Look forward to that match and seeing how it goes. Definitely looking forward to that match seeing how it goes. And I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a fun match right there. Yeah, it's going to be great to see Sting wrestle again on pay-per-view. It's going to be cool. Looking forward to it. Definitely looking forward to that match. So we got back from commercial. We were about to see Wardlow versus Nick Camarado. But here came QT Marshall, the leader of the factory. So he comes out and he's cutting a promo on Hook. You know, he's talking about like Hook being disrespectful and how he tried to teach Hook respect. You know, respect the veterans. You know, respect who you're wrestling with in training, you know, but Hook has no respect at all. And then he's trying to blame the fans and he blamed Taz, you know, and then QT Marshall called out. He called out Hook, but he says he doesn't have the balls to come out, but he definitely has the balls to come out because here came Hook. And then QT Marshall right here talking about no balls, right? He was sending his students to the factory after Hook and Hook took out all three of them. There was a fourth guy too, but he just said, nah, I'm not going to, nah, I'm not doing that. He just walked away. But Hook right there barely broke a sweat, and he walked off. He walked off. Like, this match could happen on pay-per-view. Hook, you know, get Hook versus QT Marshall. Like, you know, if you want to have Hook's first pay-per-view match against QT Marshall, that's fine. You know, Hook will get a really big pop at Revolution if it happens. It's questionable if it'll happen or not. I think it might be on Rampage next week they'll do a Hook versus QT. But there's a chance it could happen at Revolution. There's definitely a chance. You know, we have we've never seen Hook wrestle on Dynamite. You know, so I'm kind of waiting to see that right there. Like, is he ready for pay-per-view? He's only had a handful of matches. So they could give him a shot. They could give him a shot on pay-per-view, but we'll see what happens. We'll definitely see what happens. I wouldn't mind it. I'd be fine with it. I'd be fine if he wrestles on pay-per-view against QT. I wouldn't mind seeing that match. I'll definitely, I'll definitely look forward to it. 
But backstage, we saw Dan Lambert, the Men of the Year, All Eagle, Ethan Page, and Scorpio Sky. So I kind of got the feeling right here that Scorpio Sky might leave Ethan and Dan. So Scorpio Sky is going to get a qualifying match with the Face Revolution ladder match right here for a shot at the TNT title. And Scorpio Sky was pretty pissed off, saying, like, oh, the match I already won last year, I have to qualify for? I mean, he's, he's right. He should be in the match already. Why, why should he have to qualify? He won the match last year, which really surprised me because I thought last year was going to be... Uh, I thought Cody was going to win it last year at Revolution, but Scorpio Sky surprised me and I'm sure a whole lot of the people too. I was like, oh, wow. Like, okay. But you can see Scorpio was very frustrated right there. And, you know, he hasn't been pinned in almost a year. I think he said 300, 352 days, I believe he said. So he hasn't been pinned in over a, almost, almost a year right now. He hasn't been pinned, which is crazy. You know... He could be the next TNT champion. I still think it's going to be Wardlow, in my opinion. I wouldn't be opposed to if it's Scorpio Sky, because he has worked very hard in his AEW career, so I'd be very happy if it is Scorpio Sky. And maybe they could do a program with him and Ethan Page, you know, if they break up right there. I mean, Ethan Page did bring up a good point, saying, you know, we wouldn't have all these title shots if it wasn't for Dan Lambert. He's kind of, well, he's, he's kind of right, he's kind of wrong. Like, Ethan Page has gotten his title shots because of Dan Lambert. Scorpio Sky got his title shot because he won the Face of Revolution ladder match. Dan Lambert didn't come into AEW until July. That Face of Revolution ladder match was in March. So he's right for himself, but he's wrong there about Scorpio. That's all I'm trying to say. And, I mean, like I said, there is tension right there. So maybe Scorpio Sky does leave. Maybe he leaves the men of the men of the year. He's part of the men of the year. Maybe he leaves Ethan Page and Dan Lambert. I'd be fine with that. Cause he he was doing fine on his own. He was doing fine on his own. You know, so we don't know who he's gonna wrestle in the qualifying match. They didn't announce it for Dynamite or Rampage next week. They only have two matches announced for Dynamite. I'm sure like Monday or Tuesday night they'll probably announce a couple matches, or maybe Wednesday morning they'll announce a couple more matches. Like, I'm kind of thinking, like, who could Scorpio wrestle? Wouldn't it be funny if it was Scorpio Sky versus Ethan Page? I mean, that would be something if you had them go at it right there. That actually would be kind of funny. I don't know if that's going to happen. No, they, they both were in that match. That's where Ethan Page made his AEW debut. So, it's kind of weird that Ethan Page, he wasn't frustrated, though. You know, I think if you wanted to create more tension right there between the two, Ethan Page should have been frustrated because he was in the match last year. I mean, obviously, he didn't win. But shouldn't he want? Shouldn't he want to be in the match as well? But I guess you could say he's being a good friend. He's being a good friend of Squirp right there because he won the match last year. That should be the thing in the Phase of Revolution ladder match. Whoever wins it, like the year before, should qualify for the match automatically the next year. That's how it should be going forward. That's just me though. So we don't know who Scorpio Sky is going to wrestle at all. We'll definitely see who it'll be. You know, I'd say give give Jay Lethal a shot. Get him in the match. Because why not, right? Give him a shot. Because I don't know who else you can have Scorpio Sky wrestle. I think him versus Jay Lethal could be a good match on Dynamite or Rampage. And I'd like to see Jay Lethal in the match. I don't think he'd win. But it'd be nice to see him on pay-per-view wrestle. That'd be nice to see. But we'll definitely see what happens. And it's kind of funny like how Dan Lambert didn't bring up anything about Brandy or Cody. It's great that they forgot about that whole fucking feud right there. You know, because it looks like we're going to get Brandy versus Paige Van Set 
and just it wouldn't have worked. It would have been a bad match. It really would have been. So you gotta say thank God it didn't happen. But now we get to the next match right here between Wardlow and Nick Camarado. And I gotta admit, I enjoyed this match. I've seen these two big bastards go at each other and beating the shit out of each other. It was nice to see Camarado back on television. You know, I, I would like to see more of him in 2022. Because ever since Camarado made events against Dustin Rhodes last year on Dynamite, we really haven't seen him at all. I mean, he's only wrestled like on Dark and Dark Elevation. He's, he hasn't wrestled on Rampage till now. I don't remember the last time he was wrestled on Dynamite. That's definitely been quite a while. You know, I'd like to see him wrestle a lot more in 2022 because he's a good big man. He reminds me a lot of Bruiser Brody. He really does like the way that he looks. Like, he really could be... He could be a monster character in AEW. He really could be. He's got potential. He's got a lot of potential. And he held his own weight against Wardlow. He was given... He was given some shit to Wardlow in this match. Especially how he picked him up with... One arm right there, like on the top rope right there. They were near the top rope, picked up with one arm. I mean, oh my god. If that doesn't open up a lot of eyes backstage, I don't know what will. Because I like Camarado. You know, I'd say give him a shot in 2022. I'm not saying he'll be a breakout star, but get him a few more matches on television. Let's see how people react to him. I think he can get over. I think he could. You get him away from the factory. You know, I keep on saying, have him and a go-go be a tag team. Let Aaron Solo do his own thing. Let QT Marshall do his own thing. Let QT Marshall stay backstage and do his own thing. Solo is an okay wrestler. He's okay. I don't think, you know... I I mean, I don't like his character that much. His character is very generic in a way. But I think he's an okay wrestler. He's a good worker, in my opinion. I think Camarado has a lot of potential to be a monster. And so did Anthony, so did Anthony Agogo, but Cody Rhodes, eh, yeah. Beat him at double or nothing last year, yeah, that wasn't good. I mean, the match itself was fine, but you look back on the result, Cody should not have won that match. Because what did it do for Cody? It did nothing for Cody. Wow, you beat Agogo, like, oh my god. You, you beat a rookie, that's so impressive. If you really wanted to bury the fucking kid, you should have hit him with a crossroads. When the match began, and that was it. You should have just done that then. If you really wanted to fucking bury him a lot more. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say right there. Like, if you really wanted to shit on the kid right there, then there you go. <laughs> that's, what I'm, that's all I'm going to say. But I do want to see... I do want to see more out of Camarado in 2022. And like I said, him and a go-go, let them be a tag team. Let them dominate people right there. Let's see, maybe they'll get a run at the belts. Give them a shot. Let's see what they can do. Let's see if they can draw some good heat right there. Maybe people get behind them and say, you know what, we like these guys. Let's, let's see what they can do. I'm not saying it'll work out like magic, but give them a chance. Give them a chance. Definitely give them a chance. That's all I'm going to say. That's what I'd like to see, though. Because I really want to see these guys get a shot right here. But we'll see. I I, I doubt... Excuse me. I doubt it's in their plans. But we'll see. We'll definitely see. But overall, 
It was a good match between Wardlow and Camarado. I liked, you know, the spots in this match. It was nice. You know, did I think Wardlow completely shitted on Camarado? I don't really think so, because Camarado got his shit in right. It's not like it was a squash match. Like, Wardlow didn't squash Camarado. If he was going to squash somebody, that would be Aaron Solo. But it is nice to see Wardlow have competitive matches. Cause yeah, it's, oh, it's cool to see him beat up the jobbers here and there. Like, the skinny little jobbers. I mean, that's great. But that's, that's the thing I have right there. That's the, that's the biggest problem I have in wrestling right here. What's so impressive about a big guy beating up a little guy? Like, they, they did it with, like, Strowman in the past when he beat up James Ellsworth back in 2016 in July. It, what does that do for anybody? Okay, Strowman beat up a guy that's twice smaller than him right there. He's twice this guy's size. It doesn't show me anything. You know, show me something like him beating up the big show of Mark Henry, which he eventually did. That shows me something. Beating up a little guy like James Ellsworth, that, that shows me nothing. It's like when Lance Archer in his first match in AEW beat Marco Stunt. That shows me nothing. I'm not saying throw Jake Hager or Luchasaurus Lance Archer's way right away. But at least give me somebody that's maybe close to his size at least. Not a guy that's Marco Stunt's size at 5'4". That shows me nothing. Okay, he can beat up a little guy. Okay, how can he do against a bigger guy right there? I know Archer can hold his own weight right there, of course, against bigger guys or there are guys his size, but beating up on a little guy does nothing. It's like, okay, wow, you beat up this little puke right here who's got no muscle at all. That, that, that's great. But that's not impressive. It's just not. It, sh- it really is not. That's all I'm trying to say. Like, for the future, can we, like, do that less, please? Or just not do it at all? It does nothing for nobody. It just doesn't. I mean, I don't know if I speak for a lot of people on that one, but that's... It, it does nothing beating up the little guys. It really does nothing. It's just how I see it, though. But, uh, hey, listen, whatever. Whatever, I guess. But overall, good match between Wardlow and Camarado. I did love the power bombs in the end, right there, the Powerbomb Symphony. And four straight power bombs on Camarado. Like, that takes a lot of strength. Camarado's a big dude. I think he weighs, like, maybe, like, between 250 to 270. Like, this guy weighs a lot. And Wardlow just picking him up and slamming him around. Powerbomb like crazy. It was great to see. Like I said, even when Camarado had him up with one arm right there, I was like, oh, my God. Like, you have these two wrestlers, like, a 20-minute match on Dynamite, or even if you throw them on pay-per-view, I think they could put on a damn good match. Like, not a match that's short, obviously. But you give them 20 minutes, I think they could do a damn good job. I think they can get a lot of people invested. That's just how I see it. Wouldn't it have been funny to see Camarado in this ladder match to a revolution? That would have been something. He could really make a name for himself right there. As I just There's something about Camarado that I just like. I think he could be a vicious fucking monster in AEW. I just say get him out of the factory. Or even if you don't want him to team up with a go-go, then let him go by himself. Let him destroy the whole roster. Because he has potential to do it. He actually could. He legit could. He could beat the shit out of almost everybody on that roster. I mean, come on. Just look at him. Right after the fourth powerbomb right there. 
Wardlow with a disrespectful pin right there, putting his foot on Colorado. One, two, three. Wardlow gets the win. After the match, Aaron Solo tried to fly on Wardlow. That didn't work out very well. Wardlow was going to powerbomb him until Sean Spears hit Aaron Solo with the chairs. As Wardlow's about to powerbomb him, Wardlow's like, what the fuck? Like, why'd you do that for right there? And then Sean Spears grabs the mic, and I'm like, okay, we got to listen to no charisma man over here. And so he grabs the mic. He says to Wardlow, you know, you're doing a great job and everything, but no more power bombs. Like this power bomb symphony thing isn't getting over, which, you know, of course, in wrestling terms means getting popular, but it is popular. So I don't know what Sean Spears is trying to say. I guess he's trying to just limit Wardlow in a way. I don't know if he's just trying to get him more fired up in a way. I don't think Wardlow is going to listen. Even after Sean Spears said no more power bombs, you can tell Wardlow is kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm not really listening to you. And he shouldn't. Because Powerbomb Symphony is fucking cool. I mean, come on. Like, seriously? I, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I really don't know on that one, Chief. But, uh, I mean, listen. They should, he should keep the Powerbomb Symphony. Like, Seriously. Don't get rid of it. I think they'll be stupid to get rid of it. That's all I'm trying to say. But now we get to the next match right here. Serena D versus Kayla Sparks in a five-minute rookie challenge. And I actually saw this on Twitter. Kayla Sparks was actually in the crowd for a WWE SmackDown last night. We know Rampage is taped, obviously. She was in the crowd. She got a kiss from garza and Carrillo, because i know they're a tag team now in wwe which is great i actually really approve of that that's awesome um because you know she got the kiss from them so it's kind of like she pulled a rick rude right there which is you know being on two shows at the same time right there basically we know rampage is taped and they were in connecticut on wednesday and i believe smackdown was in hershey pennsylvania uh last night so yeah i mean She's in the tri-state area basically right there. So that was actually pretty cool, though. I didn't notice that at all because I saw it on Twitter. I was like, oh, wow, that was pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see that right there. We know she's an independent star. And she, you know, she held her weight right there for three minutes against, or it was almost three minutes against Serena Deeb. And just, you got to love Serena Deeb right here. You know, and it is actually, it actually is cool to see her, like, do some moves on her opponents. Like, instead of squashing them in a minute, at least, you know... You know, she's really beating down her opponents right here. You know, I think some people would say, oh, Serena Deep should just beat these girls in like 30 seconds or a minute. But, you know, what's the point of that right there? Serena Deep should show more of her vicious side, which she has done recently now in this five-minute rookie challenge. I didn't like it at first, but the last couple matches she's had, at least it's been competitive. At least it's been competitive right there. That's all I'm going to say. At least it's been competitive these last... Oh, uh, five-minute rookie challenge matches. Well, not, excuse me, not really, um... Not really, uh... Competitive in a way, like... At least the matches are going on a little bit longer, which is good. Which is definitely, definitely good. Um... But yeah, she beat down this girl, Kayla Sparks, you know, she was... Really going after a knee right there on the um, on the top rope right there. Like, she was really, like, contorting her body up there. I was like, oh, my God. Like, you're not supposed to... No human being supposed to really bend that way. But fucking Serena D was doing that to Sparks. She eventually got her down right there. Went for the Serenity Lock. Got her to tap out. And Serena D stays hot right there. And she gets the win. 
And I'm still going to say it. I'm still going to say it. Just like I said it many times when Hikaru Shida was world champion. And I said I kept saying Britt Baker needs to be the one to beat Hikaru Shida. Serena Deeb needs to be the one to beat Jade Cargill in the future. She just has to be. She has to be. I think that would be Jade's best match. If it ever happens. Like maybe it could be the other way around. If Thunder Rosa beats um, Britt Baker at Revolution. And say Serena Deep goes after Thunder Rose. Because they have history right there. You know, the NWA Women's Championship. That makes more sense when you think about it. But if you really want somebody to gain a lot of heat for beating Jade right there. Because Jade has become really popular. If you really want somebody to get a lot of heat right there. Serena Deep, I think, is the one to get it. That's just how I see it, though. But now, speaking of Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, we did have the contract signing for the AEW Women's World Championship between Thunder Rosa and the AEW Women's World Champion. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. And didn't expect much out of this contract signing, but it almost turned into like a shoot when you think of it. Like Thunder Rosa saying some shit at the beginning right there to Britt Baker, and then Britt Baker, you know, really, really like tore down Thunder Rosa. Like after Thunder Rosa said her one thing right there, Britt Baker just tore her apart for the next few minutes. You know, talking about the lights out match, even though you won, even though you won Thunder. How come everybody's talking about me? You know, I got all the spotlight. I got the figures, t-shirt. She even got the Women's World Championship. That's also true. And I'm sure that stings Thunder Rosa a lot right there. She won that match, even though it was unsanctioned. So it doesn't go on Britt Baker's win-loss record. It obviously gives Thunder Rosa a win on her record. But it doesn't count as a loss for Britt Baker. You know what I mean? But she wound up getting the... uh, title shot. She became champion. Thunder Rose hasn't gotten anywhere near the AEW Women's World Championship since All Out 2020 when she wrestled Karoshita for it. So other than that, Thunder Rosa hasn't gotten really anywhere near it. She really hasn't. And I'm looking forward to this match at Revolution. It's been a long time coming. I'm kind of disappointed it's not going to be a steel cage match unless they change the stipulations. It's only going to be a singles match. Like I would like it to, I would like to see it be a steel cage match. This is my opinion, and it was rumored like a few months ago, like oh, if Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa go at it again, they'll wrestle in a steel cage match. I'm like, oh hell yeah, that's what I want to see. That's absolutely what I want to see. See the first ever women's cage match in AEW. That'd be great. That would be great to see. But I don't think we're gonna be getting it. So I guess it's gonna be just a singles match, which. Alright, like, fine, that's, that's whatever, that's fine by me, I'm looking forward to this match, though, I'm still looking forward to this match, and then Britt Baker brought up, you know, while I was here, building AEW, being a pillar, building women's division here in AEW, you were wrestling on YouTube, I was like, oh, like, yikes. Big yikes on that one. And then Britt Baker eventually, you know, signed the contract. And she even before said that, before signing the contract, she said, you know, you don't hate me, Thunder. You love me. You know. Like, she basically just said, like, Thunder's just jealous. And is she? She could be. She definitely could be jealous right there. But then Britt finally signed the contract. And the Thunder Rose went right after, just leaped right at her. They were beating up each other. And then Jamie Hayter got involved, beating up Thunder. Britt Baker walked off. Here came Mercedes Martinez. She took out Rebel, and then she went into the ring, and then 
boom, spine buster to Jamie Hayter right through the table. So I guess Mercedes Martinez really cemented her babyface turn. So that's cool. Maybe we'll see a relationship between Mercedes Martinez and Thunder Rosa. Which is fine by me. I wouldn't mind seeing those two have a relationship. That's fine by me right there. But that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool right there seeing Mercedes Martinez, you know, help Thunder Rosa right there. I'm looking forward to this match. I am looking forward to this match right here at Revolution. I really am. And it's going to be something. It is going to be something. And we'll see how it goes. We'll definitely see how it goes right here. But now, it's time for the main event. In the face of the Revolution qualifying match right here. It was Freshly Squeezed Orange Cassidy versus the five-tool player Anthony Bowens. And like I told you guys, surprisingly this match was my favorite match of the night. Because it actually was good in my opinion. It actually was a good match. Like, I really didn't think it was going to be a good match. I kind of expected it to be, like, meh, in my opinion. You know, you guys know how I feel about Orange Cassidy recently. I've kind of ripped him recently, saying eh, this and that about him. But I got to admit, you know, he was pretty funny right here. Like, after uh, Max Cassidy did his rap right here, and he was going to let Orange Cassidy rap, and then he was going, yo, yo, okay, listen, then he just... Did those kicks on Max Caster, and then he took out Anthony Bowens, and he goes, word to your mother. I was like, holy shit, that actually made me laugh. So that, that was pretty funny out of Cassidy. I'll give him credit there, you know. And listen, I've never hated Orange Cassidy in the ring. It's more or less been like his character, I would say, you know. Um... You know, because like I said, I did like the lazy gimmick, and I still kind of do, but um, I don't know. It's just, what's a better way to say this right here? Because I don't think he's a bad worker. I don't think he's a bad worker in the ring, and he does live up to the gimmick right here, being lazy. Um, I don't know. I guess it's just like the whole low-card feuds that he's had recently. I guess like with Matt Hardy, that feud went on way too long, and the feud with Adam Cole didn't do Adam Cole any favors, you know. I don't know. I mean, he wasn't a world title match, Orange Cassidy. You you could technically call him a main event talent. He wasn't a world title match with Kenny and Pac back at Double or Nothing last year. So, technically, you could call Orange Cassidy a main event guy. He main evented with Jericho twice on Dynamite, even picking up a win over Jericho on Dynamite. And he did beat Jericho at All Out 2020, the Mimosa Mayhem match, which I think is a match... Everybody wants to forget. I mean, that whole all-out 2020 pay-per-view was bad. But you had your gems like Akaro Shida versus um, Thunder Rosa and FTR versus Kenny and Hangman and Moxley versus MJF. Those were your gems. The rest of it, just uh, just no. Just absolutely not. If I can go back and rewatch it, those are the three matches I watched. And I wouldn't watch anything else on that pay-per-view because it could have been a lot better. I mean, if, if that was in front of like a full crowd... Yeah, I don't know if that would go so well. That's all I'm going to say. 
but uh, overall, like I said, this match between Bowens and Cassidy was pretty enjoyable, in my opinion. I like Bowens. You know, I think Bowens, like I've, I've said many times, I think he is the better wrestler in the group between him and uh, Cassidy. They're both great characters. They're both great characters. I just think Bowens is the better wrestler. If you wanted to build around either Caster or Bowens, I think a majority probably would say Caster because what he says on the mic, you know, and everything. You know, but I think I think I would build around Bowens. Actually, not I think I actually would build around Bowens because I think he's got more talent in the ring wise, you know, than a uh, caster. That's just you know that could be me though, but that's what I think right there. And I'm not trying to knock Caster with his in ring work. I think he's a good you know. I think he is a good worker. I think they're both good workers. I seriously think they are. You know, but if I had to build around either one of them, I just would say, um, I would say Bowens. I gotta go with Bowens. I would have to go with Bowens. But again, you know, and Cassie, this is definitely like his best match I've seen in a while. And I, like I said, I did laugh when he said, word to your mother. <laughs> You know, and I actually would have minded if Cassidy would have won this match at first, but he put on a good match with Bowens. Especially, especially when he flew on a, when he did like a backflip on Bowens and Castro, I was like, oh, wow. I didn't think Cassidy was going to do that or if he was capable of doing that. I thought he was going to slip or something, but no, he executed perfectly right there. You know, Castro tried to do some, you know, bullshit tactics in this match. It didn't work on his favor. It almost did. And he was trying to do it outside the ring when Orange Cassidy was outside the ring. And uh, Anthony Bowens was distracting referee Bryce Rensburg. But out of nowhere, dressed up as a camera crew member, we saw Dan Housen and he cursed Max Caster. And then Orange Cassidy hit Max Caster with the orange punch. He goes back in the ring, hits Anthony Bowens with the orange punch. One, two, three. Orange Cassidy gets the win over Anthony Bowens and he qualifies for the Face of Revolution ladder match. So in that face of the Revolution ladder match, we have uh, Keith Lee, Wardlow, uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, and now freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. So there's one more spot in that match. We'll see who Scorpio Sky is going to wrestle to get that spot in that match. We'll definitely see what happens. Overall, Rampage didn't expect much out of it, but it was a good show. It's a good show right there. They filled all that in right there for an hour right there. All the shit that they put in the show right there. It was good. It was enjoyable. Definitely enjoyable. It was nice to see Dan Housen curse uh, Max Cast right there. That was pretty cool. So now we look to AEW we look to AEW Dynamite for Wednesday. There's only two matches announced so far. We do know that Tony Khan is going to have another huge announcement. I don't think it's going to be a signing. There are rumors that he might be buying Ring of Honor. So that could be the announcement. I don't think it's a signing at all. It's, I don't think that's going to happen. Or it could be... Because uh, they have been planning... There's been like rumors about like a, su- uh, a super show... Between AEW and New Japan. So that could be also the announcement as well. Or maybe they're going to go to England. You know. Or even Canada or whatever. But I think it's, it's not going to be a signing. It's not going to be a signing. I think it's going to be... Either one of those things I just mentioned. It's not going to be a signing. I don't think it's going to be that. You know, I think most likely it'll be him being him buying Ring of Honor. That's just what I think. And that'd be fine. Be fine by me. 
I think that'd be great. So, again, I don't think it's a signing at all. So, I think that's what it's going to be. So, the two matches that we have announced for Dynamite so far, we have the Casino Tag Team Battle Royal and the winner. The winners of that match will join uh, Red Dragon to face Jurassic Express for the World Tag Team Titles of Revolution. And we also have a trios match right here. Most likely will be the main event. We have the AEW World Heavyweight Champion Hangman and Page teaming up with Dark Order's John Silver and Alex Reynolds to face Adam Cole, baby, and Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly and Red Dragon. But all right, guys, I hope you guys enjoy this episode right here, and I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend. If any uh, sports news comes up, like, you know, you know what, actually, yeah, here we go, actually. Because we know with uh, the MLB lockout right here, if a new CBA isn't signed by Monday, then the regular season will get delayed because spring training is now delayed till March 8th. Spring training was supposed to start, actually, I think, like, today, I believe, it was supposed to start. So now it's delayed till March 8th. So if a new CBA isn't signed by Monday, there won't be baseball for a while. There won't be regular season baseball for a while. So whether a new CBA gets signed or not, we'll definitely talk about it when it happens. So we'll definitely talk about that on Tuesday. We'll talk about that on Tuesday right there with the new CBA, whether it gets signed or not. So it'll either be a rant or it'll be something to be happy about. Like, okay, we're actually going to get baseball on time. But we'll see, guys. We'll see what happens. But, of course, I'll make I'll do my Dynamite review on Thursday. And then, of course, we'll have my Rampage review on next Saturday. It'll also be a Revolution uh, Predictions episode as well. So, basically, a two-part thing of review and predictions. But, all right. Once again, guys, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend right here. Um... So hope you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend right here. And the next time I will talk to you guys will be on Tuesday to talk some baseball. Have a great rest of the weekend, guys. Talk to you guys on Tuesday.